Hey, sweet friend, what is up? Welcome to today's episode. Today, I am gonna be sharing with you three powerful truths to really help you on this journey of breaking free from self-criticism. So if you find yourself being really hard on yourself or you're really struggling with your inner critic, this episode is for you. Friend, imagine if you weren't so judgmental and hard on yourself. Imagine if you didn't criticize yourself so much. Imagine if you felt so solid in your worth and felt free to confidently and openly share your ideas, your thoughts, your feelings, to set boundaries. That's exactly why I created Confidence Breakthrough Coaching Calls. We're gonna get super clear on the thoughts that are getting you the most stuck, and we're gonna create a simple, effective plan full of mindset and confidence-boosting tools so that you can start catching yourself before you get stuck in those thought patterns and start feeling more confident. I have three open spaces for the month of May. Head to freeandwell.org slash coaching to snag your spot. Hey, sweet 20-something. Welcome to the Free and Well podcast. Do you want to feel more confident and stop second-guessing and doubting yourself? Do you wake up feeling motivated and excited only to get caught up in comparison and find yourself distracted and wasting time on social media? Hey friend, I'm Devani. I'm a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser. I'm a therapist, life coach, and a dog mom. And I remember being right where you are, doubting myself, comparing myself, and just wanting to feel content and confident in who I was and in my worth. I'm on a mission to share with you powerful psychology-based tools and simple steps so you can start growing your self-confidence, your self-compassion, and your self-worth, while also creating consistent, positive, healthy routines. It's time for you to stop second-guessing and comparing yourself, my friend. Freedom and confidence are calling. And even though I'm a therapist, this show is for educational purposes only. Information from the show is not a substitute for mental health or medical treatment. It is your time. Let's dig in and take some real, authentic, perfectly imperfect action together. Let's go. sweet friend. Welcome to the show. So excited that you're here. I have my diffuser on. Harper's obviously here. You can hear her. I have some grapefruit, lemon, and orange going in my diffuser. I have my oat milk latte with a little bit of white mocha in there and an ad shot and oat milk, obviously. And... I'm so excited to share this episode with you. So what we're going to be talking about today is a couple of really powerful truths to remember as you are kind of, I don't want to say healing your inner critic, but as you're healing your relationship with your inner critic, because I'm, I'm under the belief that our inner critic is 
is something that I, I don't expect to ever get rid of her. I'm human. I don't expect for her to go anywhere. I, I continue, I, I continue to believe that as I'm living this human journey, that I'm going to have critical thoughts about myself come up, but what changes over time and my hope for you in this episode is that how you interact with her will change. How you see her will hopefully grow and change into ways that feel more helpful for you so that when she comes up, when she is really loud, when, right, when these thoughts are coming up for you, that instead of it feeling debilitating, instead of it leading you down that rabbit hole, that you have the tools to really be able to acknowledge her, to be kind to her, and then to show up in a way that still feels really aligned and true to you. And so that's, you know, a hundred percent what I do in my confidence breakthrough coaching calls, but that is definitely what we're going to be digging into today. And I'm super, super excited. So I want to share with you just a little bit as I was reflecting on my experience with my inner critic and I, I was kind of reflecting on like, what are some of the ways that, that this comes up for me? What are some of the ways that self-criticism really comes up for me? And a couple of the things that, that really came up, which is interesting as I'm reflecting, and I, I so appreciate just having this community, having this space, because it encourages me to make sure that I'm doing the work, right? And so I, as I was reflecting, I was like, okay, where, where does this really come up for me? What does this really look like? And a couple of the patterns that I'm noticing are that my inner critic, something that will come up often, is the need to do better, right? That need to, you could do better, you should do better. And and I would say too, something that I've really been kind of un, uh, unraveling with my therapist recently is this idea of really needing to make the perfect choice ahead of time the first time that I do something. So the first time that I do something, I want it to to go so well and to be perfect. And the really amazing part is that once you start noticing these patterns, like it's a lot easier to notice that and then to not be driven by that, right? Like that that drive isn't there necessarily, but the thoughts still come up. Absolutely. The thoughts still come up, right? It's like, okay, you can make the perfect choice. And then like, how do we do this perfectly right now? Um, you could have done that better. You should have done that better. And another thing that comes up a lot too, is this idea of, um, if someone is, you know, maybe seeming distant or maybe if someone is seeming a little off or something, obviously I did something. Obviously this is related to me, right? Which I'm, I'm winking over here as I'm saying that, but, but those are some of the things that my inner critic will say to me. And some of those expectations that my inner critic tries to hold me to of you should be able to make, you know, the perfectly right choice right off the bat and not make a mistake in that, right? And then also, if someone's kind of upset or seeming off, it for sure was you. Like, for sure it was you, so you need to figure out what happened and how to fix it. And so, <laughs> I will I will be sharing more about that throughout this episode, but I just wanted to acknowledge that 
that this comes up, right? Like this comes up for everyone. And so these are some of the ways that my inner critic shows up. And the really beautiful thing about having someone that you're working with, whether it's a coach, which is something that I do, whether it's, you know, having a therapist is that you can really, really start exploring what does this look like for me? Because your inner critic may come up in different ways. She may have different stories that she's telling you. She may have different expectations that she's holding you to and ways that she shows up. And so it's really important and powerful for us to intentionally create the time and the space, whether that's, like I said, in coaching and therapy, maybe it's you doing your own work right now with journaling and self-reflection, to really explore how does this show up for me? Like what are some of those things that she tells me? Um, And I'll share the importance of that later in this episode, but it's so powerful and so necessary. And I really want us to acknowledge that self-criticism, as I'm saying that this is a normal human experience, right? It will continue to come up. However, if we are not being mindful of it, if we are not noticing it and using the appropriate tools to respond in a healthy, helpful way, there are a couple of different things that can happen. And I'm not sure if if you're going to resonate with these, but I wanted to share just a couple of things that can happen if we don't, if we don't have, um, those tools, or if we're not practicing those tools to really engage and interact with our inner critic in a healthy way. Okay. So number one, uh, one of the first things that can happen is that having an inner critic that is just like in the driver's seat of your life, in the driver's seat of your mind, in the driver's seat of your choices is wildly distracting. It's wildly distracting from what God is asking you to do. Right. And I, I can speak to this because there was a huge season of my life where a hundred percent my self-doubt and my self-criticism were in the driver's seat. They were driving a lot of my thoughts. They took up a lot of my mental space, a lot of my emotional energy. They were driving my choices, right? How I was showing up with people, um, whether I was setting boundaries, whether I wasn't setting boundaries, like my self-doubt and my self-criticism was driving the show. It was in charge. And it is a huge distraction of your energy, of your time, um, which is so important. Like your time and your energy are everything, right? Because you are here on purpose, for purpose. God has certain things that that you're here to be doing, that you're here to be creating, right? Certain interactions that you're here to have or love that you're here to share, light that you're here to share, whatever that is, whatever's going on in your daily life, there are things that you're being called to. And if your mind is being consumed with self-criticism or even the self-doubt, it's a huge distraction from what you're actually here to do and from the things that are really important to you, right? Because I can imagine that there are probably things that you're like, oh my gosh, I really wanna be doing A, B, or C more. Maybe it's going out with your friends more. Maybe it's making new friends. Maybe it's taking better care of yourself. I really wanna be doing those things, but I feel like so much of my mind and my thoughts are taken up by self-criticism, right? It is a huge distraction, a huge distraction. 
Um, another thing that can happen, which I kind of already mentioned is that it wastes your energy. And this is so real. This is something that I like to acknowledge to all of my clients is that when we're in a space of having a lot of emotional stress, or maybe there's a lot of self-criticism going on or distressing thoughts or whatever it is, if we're in these unhealthy thought patterns, it is exhausting. It is exhausting not only to be in that thought pattern, right? Whether it's the, the criticism and then that leads you to, you know, act a certain way, that's exhausting. And then on another side of that is that there's, I'm sure, a part of you that wants to not be doing that, right? And so there's that part of you, that energy that's going on, And then sometimes what can happen too is if we continue in this pattern of letting our self-criticism drive the show, steal all of our energy, just really be consuming our mind and our hearts, if we're allowing that to happen, sometimes that can also lead us into this space of shame because we get so upset with ourselves that we're continuing to let that happen. So not only is that self-criticism happening, that original... (laughs) self-criticism, but then now we also have the secondary like shame and guilt and frustration with ourselves because we're like, why do I keep letting this happen? Why do I keep doing this? And so that is such a waste of our energy, such a waste of your precious, precious energy because your mind and your heart have specific strengths. And so it's, words are hard. I can talk specific strengths and specific things that you are here to be doing with your time, with your energy, with your heart, with your mind. And if we are allowing 80% of our energy every day to really be taken up with uh, self-criticism, with self-doubt, with, you know, we're just constantly questioning ourselves, wondering what other people are thinking. If we're letting that happen, that is such a waste of your precious time and really a waste of the skills and the amazing strengths that that you have that you're here for. And so I don't I don't want this to lead to that space of shame, right? Or that space of, "Oh my gosh, one more thing I'm doing wrong. I I don't want that to be what's happening here." So let's take a breath. Right? Let's take a breath. It's okay. The reason why I want to share this is because I want I want it to be really known that there's more available to you. You have amazing strengths, amazing things in your heart and in your mind that the world needs, that your community needs, that the people around you, the people in your life, the people that you interact with, that they need. And so as you are continuing to grow and learn these new tools, to practice self-compassion, to practice creating a healthier relationship with your inner critic, this work that you're already doing, as you continue to do this, you will find that you're going to be having less of that distraction and less of wasting your energy on things that really are not important. So taking a second to acknowledge that wherever you are on this journey, it is okay. 
wherever you are, wherever you are right now is perfectly okay and is an incredible place to start today. Okay, because we're, we're moving out of that cycle of being hard on ourselves and then being upset that we were hard on ourselves and then, right, it's just a vicious cycle. So taking a second, taking a breath, placing your hands on your heart and acknowledging wherever I am today is perfectly okay. And it is a great place to start. And we only need one small baby step every day. That's all, right? Is one small step each day. So I want to share with you now a couple of truths that really, really changed the game for me. And I'm going to end with my top one because it's, it's just, it genuinely, it's something that I remind myself of all the time and that I truly believe has changed so much for me. So the first one that I want to share is that there is absolutely no way for you to please everyone all of the time. There is no way. There is literally no way. And I, I used to be someone who would go to everyone for their opinions and their insight before I could make a choice. I would call a million people, get everyone's opinion. And you know what I eventually realized is that every, everyone, everyone gave me a different opinion because everyone's different. And everyone has different life experience that's guiding the insight that they're sharing with me. And so there's no way to please everyone all the time. And as we're able to really remind ourselves of that more often and to really step into that truth, the more able we are to make really intentional choices that align and reflect who we really want to be, how we want to show up, the life that we really want to create. Because there really isn't. There is literally no way. And the more time, the more time that you spend trying to make sure that everyone is happy with you all the time or that you're meeting everyone's needs around you all the time, it just leads to burnout and exhaustion and feeling really disconnected from yourself. So acknowledging that truth, truth number one, there is no way to please everyone all of the time. There is no way. It's not possible, okay? So I was going to go into a couple of sub-steps, but I think that may need to be its own episode. So, okay, there's no way to please everyone all the time. And I'm not saying go out and just be a turd nugget to everyone and do whatever the heck you want all the time. What I am saying is to tune in to your values, to your priorities, and this is what we do in our Confidence Breakthrough Coaching Calls, tune in to how you want to show up, to who you want to be, to how you want to show up in certain situations, to, right, like the things that you really want to embody in your life. Maybe it's confidence, authenticity, connection, contribution, creativity. How do you want to show up? Do your best to show up in that way and have humility. You're going to mess up. 
People may get their feelings hurt if you start to set boundaries or decide that you can't be everything to everyone. And be humble in that, and that's okay. But know what matters to you and how you want to show up. Try your best to do that and be willing to mess up and be willing to apologize and own your stuff if it doesn't go great. And I've had to do that because we can only do the best that we can do. Okay, the next one, and this is, okay, no, I'm going to hold out for that one. Okay, the next one, number two, (laughs) number two is as you start to notice and name your inner critic, you will start feeling more freedom. You will start feeling more well-being. And that is something that has absolutely changed the game. And this is definitely something that I work on with my clients is as we start to notice your inner critic, right? Maybe you give her a name. Maybe you just start acknowledging when these thoughts come up. Ooh, that is my inner critic. Oh, hello, inner critic. Hello. Maybe she has a name. Maybe it's, I'm not good on the spot. I really shouldn't have said that I was going to come up with something funny. (laughs) I'm not good at coming up with stuff quick like that. Okay. But maybe you have a name for her. Maybe there we go. Self-critical Sally. Okay. So maybe it's like, oh, hey, self-critical Sally. There you are. Right. Or inner critic Ingrid. I don't know. Sorry if you have these names, but starting to notice when these thoughts comes up, when these thoughts come up, will lead you to feeling more freedom and more well-being. And that absolutely is something that I work on in my confidence breakthrough coaching calls because that is huge. Because when you're able to start noticing it versus if we're not paying attention to the self-criticism, it just feels like that's who we are. It feels like, oh, that's This is just how I live my life. These are facts about myself, about how I need to show up versus, oh, hey, inner critic, I see you there. Okay, I'm noticing my inner critic coming up right now. There's some compassion in there. There's emotional well-being in there as we start noticing it and naming it. I'm not going to go into all the research behind that, but huge. That is a huge piece of really shifting and healing our relationship with our inner critic is just starting to notice when she comes up, just starting to notice her and name her. Okay. Okay. And the last one, which is the absolute biggest truth that has totally changed the game for me is that you are human. You're a human. You're a human. Girlfriend, you're, you're, I just, I don't want to hurt your feelings. You're a human. You're a literal human being. You're not some like alien species that is, you know, able to never make a mistake, never mess up, to always do everything right, to do everything perfectly the first time. (laughs) I'm raising my hand for that one. You're a human. You're going to mess up. You're going to try to do things and it's not going to go well. You're going to feel big, hard emotions sometimes. Sure, you already know that. And that is okay. 
That's expected. We expect that. We plan for that. We, yeah, we expect that. That being a human is hard. That being a human literally means that you're going to continue learning and growing and practicing these new ways of being, new ways of thinking, that in implementing some of these, it's going to be hard. And you may not do it well. It, it may take a little bit for you to practice and get better at it and to build those muscles. Some people's feelings may get hurt. Your feelings may get hurt. Your inner critic may, may still run the show sometimes. You have weaknesses. You're not good at everything. And that's okay. Does anyone find any sort of liberation in that? Because as I have really leaned into that, oh, it has felt so liberating. And I think a way that this has especially showed up for me is I think about when I hear from people, well, it feels like there's something wrong with me. It feels like, like, well, I'm just an awkward person and I'm just awkward in these situations. Maybe there's something wrong with me and something like I I am awkward. I can definitely be awkward sometimes, especially if I'm meeting new people or like sometimes my brain just doesn't have things to say very quickly and it takes time to process. So I can have awkward social interactions sometimes. And embracing the fact that I'm human has given me the permission to just, that's okay. I'm awkward sometimes. It's awkward sometimes (laughs) talking with other people. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. That's okay. It's okay to have those awkward moments. Because we're human. You're human. I'm human. We're just doing the best that we can. Sometimes I'm in a mood. Sometimes you're in a mood. I'm not good at everything. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to do things not well. And that's okay. So I wonder for you, if you were to take a second and really reflect and ask yourself, if I really leaned into this idea of I'm human and that gives me permission, What is something that you would give yourself a little more grace for? What's something that you would give yourself more compassion around? What is something that you would be doing a little differently if you truly were practicing and living into this idea that I'm human and I can hold myself just to the expectations of I'm a human and I'm going to mess up sometimes and I'm not perfect at everything what would you be doing differently? What would you give yourself permission for? What would you give yourself a little more compassion for? And just a reminder, because I know this comes up a lot with self-compassion. Oh, I don't want to be too soft on myself because then I won't try That's not what this is at all. I've actually found that embracing this humanness of myself allows me to actually do more and try more things because I show up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to just hold myself to this standard of, I don't know, 80%, 90%. I just want to feel 90% confident in this thing and that's good enough for me. 
That's good enough for me. So really embracing that humanness and knowing that nothing I do is going to be perfect, that I'm going to make mistakes. And even with this podcast, that what I'm doing now in a year, maybe I'm going to have, you know, more amazing ways that I'm doing things, but that, that can't mean that I don't show up now, right? Because I, I need to be doing the things. And so as you embrace that humanness, as you embrace, I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. And that's expected. That's part of me being on this earth right now. What can that give you permission for? Because that, that's been my experience is that as I've embraced this humanness, that I'm not perfect, that literally with any amount of effort that I put into anything will still not make anything that I do perfect because I am a human. It is literally impossible. That gives me the freedom to show up, to do things imperfectly, to take imperfectly perfect action, right? And that's what I'm striving for. I'm like, I'm going to take imperfect action and show up and know that I'm going to mess up and know that I'm going to learn and know that I'm going to grow from those things. And that, that's the standard that I hold myself to. That is my standard. So I want you to take a second and really reflect on that question. What would I be doing differently? What would I, what would I maybe try or let myself do? What would I give my per, myself permission for if I really was to lean into this idea that I'm human and no matter how much effort I put into anything, it will never be perfect. But it can be excellent. What you do can be excellent. What you do can be impactful. What you can do can make a difference. It doesn't need to be perfect. Perfect is a lie. Okay. All right, my friend, take a nice breath. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope this episode spoke to you and encouraged you. Also, I have an online community that is just for you. Head to freeandwellcommunity.com and make sure that you enter your email address so that you can get weekly journal prompts from me and be the first to hear about new episodes. All right, my friend, I will see you at our next coaching coffee date. Have a beautiful rest of your day.